this is horrible to say, but it's not horrible. It's great to say at the same time. There's certain uh, messages that you know you're going to get involved in uh, as a pastor that you just get extremely excited about. And there's other ones that you're getting in and you're like, Lord, I hope we're not missing a mark on this one. You know what I mean? And uh, this is one of those ones that I am just absolutely thrilled that we're about to get into because let's, let's just think about it. Prayer, right? Rhetorical question here. It means you don't answer it. Who needs more prayer in their life? You know, think about it. Think about it. We do. We need it. We need that. And this is a, you know, I, I, I try to come up with some uh, catchy titles because prayer. That's uh, just, wow, way to be uh, creative there, Pastor. You know, prayer. And I couldn't think of any better way to do it. Let's just get right into prayers, right? We're going to look at different prayers. We're going to look at different things uh, in this new sermon series. And I'm going to, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to warn you right off the bat this morning, you better be paying attention. This is one of them deep ones. You know what I'm talking about? It's one of them ones you're going to be like, wow, he, we got a lot of stuff to go through today. So uh, look at your bullets in there. You're going to be taking some notes, and I want to encourage you to do just that. And so here's what we're going to do. Usually I, I start out with a funny story. Don't have one. We're just going to jump right into it, all right? Let's go Ephesians chapter 6, all right? Let's take a look at this first scripture that we're going to look at. It says this, pray in the Spirit on what? All occasions. Most people think this, that prayer is only reserved for church or maybe in your quiet times. You know, some may say their quiet times have become very quiet lately. Think about that, right? What does that mean? That means we're not praying as we should, right? Um, sometimes we are being instructed here uh, within the Scripture, though, to do something very specific. And it says to pray in the Spirit on what? All occasions. Now, let me help you out here, like in the Spirit. What exactly is that talking about? Let me help you out. As a Christ follower, we instantly have the Godhead within our lives. And what is that? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we don't necessarily have to have these long moments of prayer but we have to have those moments that we're doing it on all occasions. What's all occasions? How about in your car? I've seen some of your driving. You need to be praying while you're in your car. All right? How about that? Uh, conversations. Before conversations need to happen. Hello? I just slapped some of you right in the forehead on that one. You're about to bring that gripe to your spouse and you ain't prayed about it first? You're walking into something, let me tell you, all right? How about this, those of you uh, college age and, and, and still within school age that, that are uh, above our Kid City group, because if you're not, you should be in Kid City, okay, I'm just saying. But how about before school? How about parents, do you pray with your children before school? That's very important, right? It says this, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with, watch this, all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So let's look back and understand that we are to do this what? With all kinds of prayers and requests. Understanding this, that there are different types of prayers that we see within Scripture. We see different ways. Scripture lays it out for us differently. And we're going to look within the scriptures and about these prayers and see different patterns that people prayed. Some of you might be sitting here today and your, your prayer life might be completely so redundant, it's so predictable, and you're just absolutely bored with it. Pay attention. I'm going to try to help you out a little bit, all right? 
Uh, we see patterns uh, within Scripture. I mean, Jesus taught us a pattern with the Lord's Prayer. It, it came from the disciples because they, they went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray like you are. Teach us to pray. So what did Jesus do? He gave them an outline or a model. Now, we use that as a prayer, but that's not what it was used for. It was actually used as an outline of what our prayer life should be consisting of. So we're going to, throughout this, looking to, I, I guess the, 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 the greatest word I could say is debunk the myths of prayer or even some of the uncomfortable prayers that we have. But the Bible says us to do something very specific. It says use every kind of prayer, not just one specific prayer, but use every kind of prayer. We're going to take a look at different styles, different prayers that were prayed within Scripture. We're going to look at the question as to why did he start the way he started or she started the way she started within her prayer. Why did it end this way? Why did God answer it like that? Have I bored you yet? I hope not. So today we're going to look at a, a pattern here that was given actually uh, to Moses that you and I can pray. To some, this could be an unlikely source, but to follow, I want you to follow me here and as we try to uh, break this down, unpack this within Scripture and have a better understanding. So who was Moses? He was this guy that God raised up to deliver the Israelites or the Hebrew children out of Egypt. They were in bondage. What should have only taken uh, a few weeks to accomplish ended up taking 40 years. Now, have you ever done this? Like, if you're, if you're a parent, you've been a parent, or you're going to be a parent. How about that? Or, or, or if you're married, or whatever. Have you ever asked somebody to do something, and it's like, I need you to do it right now. But they just kind of drag their feet on it. Does that, does that irritate anybody else besides me? Right? Like, seriously irritate you? Like, do you not, do you not, I'm going to throw this out, it's so old. Do you not understand the words coming out of my mouth? I want to say that to my kids all the time. I had a moment with Carter yesterday evening. And, and, and I was like, are you not seeing what I'm trying to communicate? Right? So here we go. These people, it took 40 years. It only should have taken a couple of weeks. Now understand that when they were, uh, when they were to get where they were going, they, they had instructions. They were to build a temple. And understanding this is a place where God uh, could be worshipped and that God dwelt in. In those days, God dwelt in buildings. He dwelt within the temple. And today, God doesn't, we, we know this, God doesn't just dwell within a building. But where does God dwell in? Each one of us. You and me. I'm so thankful I live in, the, in, 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 in this new covenant era than, than the old, right? Those days, God wrote his laws on tablets, and he dwelt in buildings. Today, he writes his law with inside of our heart, and he dwells inside of each one of us. So here they are, and, and they're to build this, uh, this temple, but in the meantime, um, there is no such place for them to be. They're not there yet because they're dragging their feet, so to speak. They're, doing, they're making this process way more harder than what it needs to be. Have you ever made something way more harder than it needs to be? Then you look back on it, and you're like, well, duh, that was stupid of me, you know? If I'd have just went the way God told me to go in the first place, might have been a better result, right? So here they are. They're, they're, they're on this journey to the promised land, and, and they're on this journey, and they needed a portable temple. They're like the first church planners, right? They didn't have a, a place. They're like a portable church. They're setting up, tearing down, setting up, tearing down. Wherever God is moving, they're following, and God moved, what, within a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, um, and so whenever God stopped, they stopped, and they would set up uh, their, their, um, their, their 
tabernacle is what they called it. And, and they did that because of some instruction. Now, let's take a look in Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 9. Follow me here, guys. This is going to get good here in just a few minutes, all right? Have the people of Israel, have them, God is speaking, have them, the people of Israel, build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. Which, by the way, God wants to do inside of you and I, right? He's wanting to live among us. He wants us to find a place. He wants us to have time where we can have those quiet times in prayer. He wants us to do this what on all occasions with all different types of prayers. We see that because we just read that within Scripture. He goes on to say, you must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. Now, I love this part because he says exactly, like there's no, there's no alternative. There's no gray area here. It needs to be done exactly. God gives us some instruction within our own lives, doesn't he? He has some expectation of us. That he wants us to do what? Exactly. Now, he's given these instructions. And now understand that this becomes a pattern. And it's the pattern of which this tabernacle was to be built. And it, there's some steps within it that you and I can learn from today. Exodus chapter 33 verse 11 says, Inside the tent of meetings, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. This is our hope, church, is that we get to a spot where we are in such communication with God that we're doing this in a manner as if we are talking to one another. That we feel that freedom and that we feel that closeness and we, that we feel that uh, opportunity, not taking away from his reverence because we are still going to be reverent within it, but understanding that, God, I want you to speak to me like you spoke to Moses, just as a friend would. You can have conversations with acquaintances or people that you just meet. And there is some meaning, too, that I'm not trying to take that away. But when you have a conversation with a close friend, what is it? There's much more meaning there. There's much more truth. There's much more openness. You feel much more comfortable. This is what we should be hoping for. Now, we can look and, and say in the Old Testament that, that you know, what was in the Old Testament was meant for the Old Testament. I want us to see here that it was also actually meant for us as well. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 17, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them. I have not come to abolish them, but to what? Simply fulfill them. In other words, we can take all of the law that God gave in the Old Testament, and we can find meaning and fulfillment in it today only through Jesus Christ. So we're going to take a look, and I want you to get into your notes here, and we're going to take a look at some things that I believe that will help you within your prayer life. This is the big initiative that we're having for 2020 as a church. Just about every message series that I'm shooting for throughout this year is going to deal in one aspect or another with Prayer And the very first thing that would happen is this. And I, I want to uh, throw up this graphic for you today. And this is what that tabernacle or that portable temple would have uh, revere, uh, looked like. Okay, you, you see here that, and follow me now, I told you this is going to get a little deep. All right, is that all right with you all? It's too bad, it's going to be. All right, you have this oblong structure here and you have this fence around it. Now, with inside of that fence, will be considered and, and, and called this. It's the outer court, all right? Uh, you, you can drop out of there now. Thank you. 
All right, we'll be back to that later on. Don't, don't worry, like seven times more, okay? So can we go to point number one here? Did I give that to you? I think I did. All right, the outer court. What is the outer court? That is where God was to be given thanks. So here is where they would, they would enter in, okay, in, into this realm or into this designated area, and they had one focus in mind, and that was to what? Simply God, to give God thanks. In other words, before you present your to-do list or your wish list, before God or your concerns, we need to thank him for all that he has already done with your life. We get so consumed and caught up with what we need him to do. How about we take a few moments to say, God, just thank you. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for the, 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 the family that I have, the job that I have, all these wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions that you can ever have. Some of you need to practice that. Have a little bit of gratitude. What has God done in your life? Don't look at what you need God to do or what he's doing right now, but what has he done? I'm going to help you out. He sent his son for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Gratitude is an emotion, giving thanks. So the psalmist said in 100 and verse 4, he says this, Enter what? How are we to enter? We're entering our prayer time. We're entering his gates with what? Thanksgiving and his courts with what? Praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Can we give the hand clap of praise right now? Amen. Amen. Now the next area would be the brazen altar, but can we go back to that graphic? Thank you. All right, so you see there, I'm going I feel like I chipped this side of the church because I'm always going this way. So I'm going to go to this side this time. You see there where that, that fence was, and they were in the courtyard. Now they had to go to the next area, and, and they had to go to this altar of burnt offerings, or what was called the brazen altar, all right? This was where they would, um, the, the, the only reason that, you know, they would stand before God in this moment, and, and this is where they had to stop, and they had to remember you know, this is where uh, many of the sacrifices were, were done in this manner. This would be a bloody place. It would have dead animals, carcasses. This is where sacrifice was happening. But you and I, we, we, we would look at that right now, and we would go, well, what is it that we need to, if they were doing their sacrifice in this area, what is it then that we need to do as we're taking our prayer life? First, we're coming into our prayer life with what? Thanksgiving, praise gratitude, adoration, but now we need to do something even more specific. We need to be in remembrance, just as we did with communion, of what? The sacrifice that Jesus did for our lives. Remembering what he did, where? On that cross. We must take that moment within our prayer times, during that moment of worship, that, that's what I want to do. I want to remember. I remember there's times, uh, I, I did this especially, and you guys have heard this many times. You probably hear many more, as long as I'm your pastor, which should be very, for a very long time, by the way, let me tell you. But I, uh, I, I, I remember when I was new in my relationship with Christ, what I would do during times of prayer or times of worship, I would close my eyes and I would just picture Jesus Christ on that cross. And even me picturing him was nowhere near the reality of what took place. But why do, why do we need to be remembrance of that? Never forgetting the ultimate sacrifice that was paid. What? For you. Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 6 says, When we were utterly helpless. Let me, let me ask you, helpless. How is that defined in your life? 
But when we were utterly help, helpless, what happened? Christ came at just the right time and died for us as sinners. So before we, 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 we talk with God, with what's on our hearts, we need to stop and remember what Jesus Christ did on that cross. In fact, there were four major words. We understand this. He was what? He was whipped. He was crowned with thorns. He had, what, nails in his hands and feet. A spear was, what, within his heart or within his side. The book of Isaiah was written hundreds of years prior, but it gave a very specific prophecy of exactly the wounds that Jesus took on. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 says this, but he was what? He was pierced. Why am I saying this? Because you need to be in remembrance of what Jesus has done for you. We must be in remembrance of what he has done for us within our lives. We get so caught up in so much stuff. And, and, and you know, I, I've had conversation with people throughout the week and they're like, man, you know, glad, glad Christmas, New Year's is over. We can get back to normal life. I agree. I'm right there. Now, but, but, but watch this. Let's reel ourselves back in spiritually. Let's remember what Jesus done. What, he was pierced for what? Our transgression, transgressions. What? His hands and his feet were pierced. Uh, the transgressions are, are, are where, where we what? We've crossed the line or maybe we've went too far in something. It goes on to say that he was crushed. What does that mean? The spear within his side or his heart for what? Our iniquities, transgressions. I'm having a difficulty saying that word. Transgressions is what you did, but iniquity is who you are. It's your character. It's your anger. It's your attitude. The scripture goes on to say the punishment that brought us peace. What is that punishment? That is the crown of thorns that was placed upon his head. The pain, anxiety, the stress, fear, worry, all, where does that start? Within our minds. The greatest battle place that, 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 that you uh, face in life is within your mind. That crown of thorns was what? Placed on him. And then it goes on to say by his wounds. What's that mean? His stripes that were placed on his back. We are what? We are healed. Before we get to our list, we need to pause for a moment. Before we get to our to-dos, we need to pause for a moment. We've thanked him for all that he's done within our lives, but then we need to pause and, say, and, and, and be in remembrance of what he did by dying on that cross. After you would pass the altar full of blood and the dead animals, the dead things, you would go to this bowl called a laver. Can we, can we put that up? See that? There you go. Thank you, Joe. Right there. They would move on from there and they would go to this place. And this is where they offered every part of my life to God. Offering every part of my life to God. It says, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. In other words, what? God is not wanting the dead things any longer, but he simply wants you. As what? A, sac a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So what was this all about, this, this bowl? It had mirrors in the bottom of it. I want you to understand that. And the bottom of this bowl was mirrors. Can you go back up to the, to the, to the graphic? So they would enter into the court with, and they had thanksgiving praise. They would go by and, and offer their sacrifice and, and, and then, you know, in remembrance of what Jesus Christ for us as a New Testament now, the New Covenant, this is what we're doing. We're remembering of what Jesus has done within our lives. 
And then we're going, what, to the laver here. And this is where they would literally, they would look down in there and it would be full of water and they would see themselves and wash anything about them that was unclean. You know, James tells us very something, something very interesting about the word of God. He says that this word should reflect to us like a mirror does. Showing us within our lives the things that need to have some correction. Are you following me here? So here we are, we're within this, in, in, in this pattern that God is giving, and, and, and we're, 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 I'm there to worship, I'm there to bow down, right? I'm, I'm in that moment, and, and I'm in remembrance. Remembrance of what Jesus did, but now I'm, I'm cleansing myself. And as I'm doing that, you know, there's a song that comes in my mind. You guys, here I am to worship. Here I am to what? Bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether worthy, or lovely, altogether worthy. Altogether what? Wonderful to me. And then I love this part. And I never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. And I'll never know what, how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. Then it goes where? Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Beautiful, isn't it? Not, my, not me. Not me. But those words. Those words have meaning. Those words have life. Being in remembrance of what he's doing. There's nothing like it. Then they go from there and they throw the graphic up. Then they enter in and you see the other area there. What it really is is a tent. And that is truly the tabernacle there. And they're, they're entering in and they're, they're going in there. And... There's four pieces of furniture in it, and the first thing that you would come to is a candlestick, and this represents the fire, the power, the anointing. So number four, the can, can we throw up point number four, please? The candlestick, what are we doing in that moment? We're inviting the work of the Holy Spirit within my life. I love this. I've been in a moment of praise, thanking you, Lord, for what you're doing, what you've done, rather, then I'm, I'm going to the next area where I'm being in remembrance, Jesus, of what you have done in my life. Dying for my sins, being beaten, bruised, whipped. My iniquities, my transgressions. Then we go from there and then I'm, 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 I'm reflecting within your word as a New Testament church. I'm reflecting back and I'm saying, Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me of all this wrongdoing. Lord, forgive me. Father, I, I repent before you. And now we're going into another stage where we're saying, Holy Spirit, work. Holy Spirit, move. God, stir within us. Work in us. Stir up the gifts of your spirit. Place them inside of me. God, show me how. Watch this, 2 Timothy verses one, chapter 1, verses 7 through 6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift. That's every single one of us. Understand this. Every single one of us has a spiritual gift. You were made and designed with purpose. Your life did not happen accidentally. 
Well, some of you might be like, well, you know. Oops. <laughs> but God always intended that you would exist, and he always planned that there was a will and a purpose for your life. Every one of us as a Christ follower has been gifted a spiritual gift. He goes on to say that God gave you when I, laid on my hand, when I laid my hands on you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but what? Of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Holy Spirit, stir up in me today. May we be a better father to my children, a better husband to my spouse. Uh, help me. I, this is me, okay? God, help me to be a better pastor. Help me to be a better friend. Help me, Lord, to be a better follower of you. Holy Spirit, stir in us. Stir up within our lives. Show yourself, Lord, to be so real. Exemplify the anointing and the power. Then you go to the other side. Can we go back to the graphic? Then you go over to the other side, and that would be the table of what was considered the table of showbread. And this is claiming the promises in God's word within your life. Have you ever, let, let me ask you this. Have you, um, have you ever entered into a house or into a place that just freshly made bread? Here we are in a fast, and I'm helping you out, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Have you ever entered into a, a, a room or a home or a place and, and, you know, you go to the grocery store, you get a loaf of bread, you're not impressed, right? You're not impressed. But you go to a bakery and you smell that fresh bread, whoo, give me a tub of butter and a knife. We're going to town, right? You go to Texas Roadhouse, get that special cinnamon butter, you slap it on that roll. Some of you don't like me right now. Let me help you out what Jesus says all about this. Though. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, he says this. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You eat every day, so you need to eat every day. Let me help you out there. You eat every day. What does that mean? You're taking in for the physical side of you, but you also need to eat every day. What does that mean? You need to take in for the spiritual side of you too. We need to put just as much attention to it. You know, there's something about it when, you know, I, you've met somebody before, right? You've met somebody, you've, you've, you've become an acquaintance with them, and, and you've introduced yourself, and if, if you just let that die from that moment on, then there, no relationship will build from that. In fact, your desire for anything to happen from it is what? Well, it's not really, it's not going to be anything there. There's just simply not going to be anything there. But here's what happens. When you meet somebody, and you go, well, you know, let me just hang out with them a little bit. Let me really try to get to know them a little bit. And so you get to know them and what happens and then, then something, something triggers. You don't even plan it, right? You're not even trying for it. It just naturally, you know, cultivates itself. It naturally becomes, what, a relationship somehow. And next thing you know, you're, 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 you're talking about like, your likenesses and your dislikes. You're talking about things you like to do. And, 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 and then you're forming, what, this bond and this relationship and you didn't even plan it but now what you, you hunger for that and then if they're, that person's not in your life for a period of time you go oh, I miss that I, I, I want that I, I need that 
And so that, that's what I, I see our spiritual lives as sometimes. You know, we look at God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we'll leave one out and, and gravitate to two or to one or whatever. And, and, and next thing you know, we, 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 there's a distance that happens. And so that relationship isn't building, but it's growing weaker. And God is saying, you know what, I, I want you to get closer to me here. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you take your stand against the devil's schemes. You take what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then you do something with it and you pray. The word of God. This is your showbread. This is, this is what they had but this is what we use today. We need this. You eat, but you need to eat. There needs to become a hunger and a thirst for the word of God within your life. You know, sometimes you, you, I, I have to um, go before God in my prayer time because here, here's what we've done. We've, we, we're thanking him. We're remembering what Jesus has done. We are then going to the bowl. We're seeing what needs to be cleansed. We've gone to the candlestick because now we've already asked Holy Spirit, work, move, do all of this in my life. Now here's the next thing that we're doing here within the showbread is this. Sometimes we need to pray some scripture. I have a favorite scripture. Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I can't tell you how many times that I have to go before God and go, Lord, help me to be obedient to your scripture. Be still and know that you are Lord. Be still in the craziness of my life and, and everything that's happening around it. Lord, help me to be still in this moment. Help me not to, to jump in and interfere with what your plan is, but let me just sit back, be still, and let you work it out. Because I promise when God works it out, the result is far more pleasing to us, isn't it? Then you have this, number six, the altar of incense. Can we go to the uh, graphic, right? So now you're, you're going over to the next thing, to the incense altar, right? The incense altar is where we, what? We worship his name. There, it would take the coal from the outside altar that was being done for the sacrifices, they would bring that coal in. And then this altar was providing a sweet-smelling fragrance. The sweetest fragrance to God is simply this. Watch this, your worship. The let, me, let me say that again. Some of you need to understand that. The sweetest fragrance to God is simply your worship. So we come in here, we do a praise and worship. Praise is differently. Praise, we praise for what he did. But worship is we're doing for what and who he is. Let's take a look in Psalms, chapter 95, verses 6 through 7, says this. Come, let us bow down in what? Worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is what? Our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 10, says this. The name of the Lord, what is he? He's a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are saved. What is God? He is righteous. He is our shepherd. He is our defender. He is peace. He is our counselor, right? He, 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 he is our, our, our um, he's wonderful. He's mighty. 
He's majestic. What is God? We could all have an adjective that would describe him differently in this room because you've experienced him through the miraculous time and time again. I promise you, God has moved in your life. The greatest. See, it's not, it's not for us necessarily to smell in that moment. It's for us to give him a worship in that moment. You know, <laughs> the, other day, I, I, the other day I was sitting in, 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 um, in the living room and I was parenting by myself. I was parenting by myself. Some of you are new, you don't get it, trust me. Uh, you'll, you come around long enough, you'll get it. God did not give me patience when it comes to my kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to spill it out. Lord, forgive me, Jesus. And uh, so anyway, so I was parenting, you know, and, and they were playing. They were playing good too, man. It was great. And, and then, you know, one gets riled up, the other gets riled up. And, uh, you know, I've learned to just like ignore it. Figure it out, boys. You're getting old enough now. Figure it out. And uh, so the, anyway, the other day, everything was quiet, and, and I was watching football. I love watching football. Don't bother me, please, if I'm watching football, especially if I'm really into it. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting in my recliner, right, recliner, got the feet propped up, you know, sit back, relaxing, nobody's bothering me, and all of a sudden I hear, Daddy! Lord. Why now? Why, why do I got to get up now? Daddy! And, you know, I'm just, I'm just ignoring it. He'll get tired. It's Caden. It's the one that's very strong-headed, you know. Daddy! And, I, I, and, and, and as he's saying it, I go, okay, I got to do something. So I, 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 I put the footrest down, and I go to get up, and I said, what? Just like that attitude, What? I want to tell you I love you. <laughs> Can I say that just pierced right through me? Like you would not believe. And you know, I love you. There was three words there that he threw at me that just totally changed the moment, changed what, how I was thinking. Then I felt guilty. I was like, I need to go confess. <laughs> I didn't because he wasn't understood anyway. I didn't want to ruin the game. And so... <laughs> That was good. I didn't even plan that one. And, and, and so, uh, you know, it hit me, and I said, as, as I was preparing, you know, for you guys, I was, for me too, by the way, and I went, there's three words that my son said, I love you. And, and, and I know as a dad, in the natural side of me, how that impacted me. I wonder how it impacts my Heavenly Father when I say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I'm not looking, I'm not saying it because I need something. See, my son didn't say it in a pattern of, you know, I want you to do something for me. That was the moment that he expressed his emotion. And, and I sit there and I think, man, you know what, God? Oftentimes I come to, I say, I love you and I need you to do this. How about those moments where I just say, God, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. I just, I just, no other words to, to describe it other than to say, Lord, I just, I love you. And then here we go. We're, 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 I'm, I'm laying in this plane here. 
Verse, um, or not verse, but um, point number seven here, we're talking about the Ark of the Covenant. Now let's, let's go there. That's, the, that's in, into the nether section there, and, and it's the Ark of the Covenant. Well, you just scrape right through it, man. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it right, right? <laughs> uh, if you're listening to the podcast or the radio, you have no idea what happened there. All right, cool. But there's the Ark of the Covenant, and this is where we are to intercede for others in this moment, you know? The top of the Ark, uh, the Covenant, there's two angels, or, or, um, and they're kneeling there, and they have their faces, and they're bowed down, word, and their wings are hovering over top, and they're, this is what would be actually called the mercy seat. And, but between these wings, it was said that that's where God would dwell, in either a cloud or within a fire. And when you get there, you are face to face with God. So what do you do? What do you do in that moment? Scripture's clear. We have already taken care of thanking Him, and we've already begun the cleansing process, but here's what we are to do in that moment. We need to intercede for others. Pleading your case before God for others. Crying out to God for, watch this, other marriages. Other families with kids. Pray for mine. I need it, right? Other people's finances. Other people's health. Other people's jobs. Other people's emotions. You're interceding for others. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-2 through two says this. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving made for what? All people. For kings and all those in authority. We need to pray for those within authority. We need to pray for our leaders. You must lift up prayer to them, petition before them. But for kings and all those in authority, that may we live what peaceful and quiet lives and godliness and holiness. This is a moment where we reflect, we take the reflection off of us and we put it upon others. I pray for my spouse. I pray for Andrea. God, help her in her walk with you. Help her as you use her to minister to others. Help her in her job and and. You know, I, I pray for Bob here. You know, God, he's got plenty of time on his hands through retirement. <laughs> Busy him up. <laughs> right? I'm kidding, man. I'm just messing with you. But we pray for others. We, we, you, you, look, we're, we've got close friendships and influence and circles here. And some you just know as acquaintances, but oftentimes we are, uh, we become known what, of other people's issues and problems that they're going through within life. You know, I, I, I said this, um, I think I said it last Sunday, but uh, there was a season within my life that I'm not proud of, but I had people who were doing just that for me. And I can reflect on them, and I could, I could name them to you right now who they were. Joe, Matt, my mom, my dad. Joe and Matt, they're like best friends of mine. That I know that were what? They were in prayer for me every single day. I don't deny that one bit. And I can look back on that and I can see, you know, I thank God for people who were interceding. Have you interceded for anyone lately? Or have you just been caught up about your own issues and problems? Listen, God knows what you're going through. You've taken it to him so many other times. Now let's lift up each other. Let's begin to pray for each other. So what have we done with all of this? Well, we've thanked God, right? We've given him thanksgiving. We've remembered. We've been in that moment where we're remembering of what you did, Jesus. 
You know, we've gone before the altar and, 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 and we see there what, you know, with that of remembrance that the ultimate sacrifice that was presented. Then we went to the bowl, we cleansed ourselves, we saw the reflection, we saw what needs to be cleansed. You know, we've gone in and, and, and we've given the worship that God is asking for and desiring for within our lives. We, we, we've done all these. And now we're, we're at the spot where we're going, Lord, touch this person. Here's what I want to help you out with this last. This is kind of really cliche within the church world, but I want you to, to understand it. It says what prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Have you ever said it or heard even somebody say it? Well, I guess all I got now is prayer. <laughs> That's what you had to start with. Don't use it as a last resort. Use it as I'm going after it now. God, I'm starting my day off with prayer. I'm praying over my children, my spouse. I'm praying over my church. I'm praying. <laughs> it needs it. I'm praying, Lord, over my finances. I'm praying over my spiritual well-being, Lord. I'm praying. I want you to stand with me this morning. I went a little longer than normal. That's okay. If you're upset, get over it. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> but you know, in all seriousness, yeah, all of this is absolutely meaningless. It means nothing if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It means absolutely nothing. Because you can't go before him and remember what he's done. You can't go before him and, and, and thank him, you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins when you've not even accepted what he has done. How can you petition for others? How can you ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to move and to work in your life? We need to have Jesus. We need to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our lives. And so I'm going to ask you, if you bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. Here we are, 2020, brand new years. No, way, no better way to start it than asking Jesus Christ into your life if you've never done so. So you might be here today, and, and I already repeated that scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he do that? He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for everybody in this room. But you may not know his son as your Lord and Savior. And God is saying, the Holy Spirit might be tugging at your heart this morning, saying today is a day of salvation. Today is a day when all of that becomes new and different. Today is a day where you can make that commitment. If that's you here today with no looking around, I just want you to slip up your hand. That's all I'm asking, for you to just slip up your hand. I see it. More importantly, God saw that. Anyone else? I see that. Awesome. God sees it. Here's what I want us to do this morning. You can put them down. I want us to say a prayer together as a church, and I want us to do this confidently and boldly with one another. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus today, today, I commit my life to you. I ask you, Lord, to be my Savior, to be my Master. From this day forward, I want to live my life for you. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Amen. Amen.
You know, I'm excited about this series that we're in on prayer, and, and I'm encouraging you. Here we are in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Today, you've been given a great blueprint of a prayer. Next Sunday, you're going to get another blueprint, and the next one, another one, and the next one, another one, and then I'm going to be done with praying, okay? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But I want you to take this. I want you to take this seriously. God, you know, use these things. If you've been in a rut, if you've been, like, your prayer life has been boring or just simply too comfortable, we need to change this thing up. I'm standing here today, and I'm telling you, I am making an initiative to change this thing up. Is anybody else with me? Anybody? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We remember, God, all that you have done for for us in our lives, and God, that you are wanting to strengthen us, and you're wanting, and you're desiring, Lord, that communication, that relationship, Lord, to become stronger and stronger. And here we are as a church, individuals, but corporately as well, in a season of prayer and fasting. And, and, but, but even more so than that, God, just people who want to draw close to you, who want to build relationship with you, God. Lord, we worship you. And Lord, may that, those words come with a sweet fragrance unto you this morning, Father. God, cleanse us of all iniquity, transgressions, God. Help us to be in remembrance of all that you have ever done in our lives and what you're going to continue to do in our lives. But Father, we love you. We glorify you, God. And your psalmist says these words, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you guys. Have a great day.